Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today, we will be discussing The Legend of Korra, Season 1, Episode 9, titled Out of the Past. Yet another really great episode. I love this thing. Almost everything about it is fan freaking tastic. Uh, it closes out this two-part arc for Tarlock so freaking perfectly. My god, there's so much to unpack here. Let's just stop patting out the beginning of this and just dive right in, cuz... Holy crap. So, I guess... I guess we should probably start with the Cone flashbacks. Cuz that's kinda... Building on what we've kind of had mentioned over and over and over again. With Republic City had a dangerous bad guy in the past named Yacon. Also, there's a bunch of flashes that Korra's having every once in a while. And we have no idea what they are. On the last episode, we said we, we saw Tenzin tell her to meditate on these visions. I believe Avatar Aang may be trying to tell you something. So she meditates on this on these visions, Korra meditates on this, and we get this story of Yakone's downfall at the hand of Avatar Aang. Uh, we find out that this big bad guy Yakone was a bloodbender who, through some means, can bloodbend outside of a full moon. And he used that ability to become this big crime boss, which is really cool. And I kind of want, like, a crime movie just about Yakone now. So, we see Aang and Toph going to arrest him. That goes pretty well. And then we get to the trial. And this whole trial sequence is really, really fantastic. Oh, by the way, I should say, it's nice to see both Aang and Toph as adults kind of playing off one another. That interaction they have at the very beginning, it's so, so good. But anyway, we get the trial. And I love, I love the reasoning that Councilman Sokka... Councilman Sokka gives to say, yeah, we don't care if they're using the defense of bloodbending can't be done during the full moon, therefore lies. And he's basically like, in my days, I have many, many encounters with 
extraordinary, unique benders. Uh, I once bested a man who could firebend with his mind. Our own chief of police, Toph Beifong. She single-handedly created metal bending. Oh my god. So, yeah, Yakone's probably just one of these benders. We're not buying your defense for a second. You're gonna go to prison for life. And then Yakone just has this moment of, well, screw it. And just blood bends everyone. Literally everyone in that freaking courtroom. It's insane. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And, like, he makes Toph undo his handcuffs. Uh, he even bests Avatar Aang. And we get this amazing action sequence where Aang goes into the Avatar state and just chases down Yakone. Yakone almost gets the better of him. And then Aang, for the second time, breaks out the taking of bending away. It's all so freaking cool. It's an amazing flashback that all leads right into the reveal that Tarlock is Yakone's son. And that's how he can bloodbend outside of a full moon. So literally, what he was doing was he was trying to complete his father's dream of taking over Republic City, not through the underworld as Yakone tried, but by going all the way to the top and getting on the council. That is how he takes over Republic City, by becoming his, by becoming its savior. Oh my god. So great. All of it. Amazing. So, we also have the search for Korra going on at the same time as these flashbacks are being given to us. Uh, starting out with Beifong breaking everyone out of prison in a really, really badass way. Sami, Mako, Bolin, all brains being sprung. Bolin mid-P. <laughs> I especially love when Beifong just zips up Bolin's fly. <laughs> it was so perfect. Oh, it's so perfect. I, I love that scene. It it's really, really badass. So they all go to Tenzin, and Tenzin's like, wait, wait, what? what what's happening? <laughs> and then he just kind of goes with it when they're like, yeah, uh, we're here to help you with the search for Korra. Uh, so they go into these Equalist tunnels because frickin' Tarlock made it look like Equalists took Korra. Friggin' asshole! So they go into these Equalist tunnels, and we get this really, really tense, really badass, really amazing sequence. Oh, uh, where they sneak in. Uh, they get on this tram to the prison deal. And they find Beifong's officers, 
And this is when they interrogate an actual equalist, and that actual equalist tells them, Tarlock's lying, we were not at City Hall, we do not have Avatar Korra. And then Tenzin puts it together of, Tarlock has Korra, he fooled us all. And then, there's this amazing chase on that freaking tram. This brilliant, brilliant chase sequence that ends with Beifong just going nuts. Bringing down like a metal ramp and pounding through the ceiling to the floor above to avoid this team of equalists that are about to cut them off. Oh, it's so cool. It's so, so cool. And while this is happening, there's stuff going on at that one cabin in the middle of nowhere. And by the way, I love the placement of the cabin. Like, they really have it in this desolate winter wasteland. They really have it in this remote claustrophobic area and you really get the sense of oh no one's gonna find her no one is going to find her at all she is screwed she is 100% on her own and I also love this opening scene where Tarlock is bloodbending Korra down the stairs and into her cage. Oh, it's just... Oh, it's it's as scary as ever. Like, I've talked about this so many times here. Uh, both with episodes of Avatar and with episodes of Korra. Like, bloodbending just looks terrifying. Just the concept of it and how contorted everyone gets. While, uh... While they're under the influence of bloodbending. And I totally skipped this with the search for with the search for Korra, but you see this kind of at its peak when Tarlock is backed against the wall in City Hall, and they confront Tarlock and are like, hey, you were lying, you have Korra. Equalists were never here. And then his freaking assistant comes up and is like, Tarlock did take Korra. Also, he's a bloodbender. And then Tarlock just bloodbends Tenzin, Beifong, Mako, Bolin, Asami, the council people, bends them all to unconsciousness. Like, for the Korra bloodbending episodes, that is probably the most terrifying use of it. That and the freaking trial. Like, these mass bloodbending episodes. For whatever reason, that just... That just sends chills down my spine more than any other use of bloodbending in Korra. Uh, but also, going back to that cabin... With that, have a mon... Coming. We then have a Mon doing this raid on the cabin. 
How'd he find them? I don't know. Maybe it was explained later on in the season, but I honestly don't remember. All I know is Amon's here, and it's pretty awesome. Amon's here, and what he does at this cabin is insane. So, he goes up to Tarlock. Tarlock starts to break out bloodbending. Manages to subdue all of Amon's henchmen, but not Amon. For some reason that we have no idea about at this moment in time, Amon is immune to Tarlock's bloodbending. Like, he's able to overcome it and just slowly walk towards Tarlock and then take his frickin' bending away. And then Amon's like, okay, I got Tar Tarlock, you get Korra, uh, electrocute the box, and knock her out before you open it. And so that henchman dude electrifies the box, but Korra does this awesome move of taking, like, her armband and suspending herself on the top of the cage, on the bars of the ceiling of the cage. So she doesn't touch any of the elect electrical bits. And then she, like, plays dead, pretty much. And then attacks Amon's henchmen, escapes the cabin, has this brief kerfuffle with Amon. And then Fs off down the mountain. Oh, it's so good. It's so freaking good! I will say, the only issue I have with this episode is the minor, minor use of those melodramatic elements in this episode. Like, you have the entire episode, Asama starting, uh, Asama, Asami's starting to wise up to the fact that Mako kind of likes Korra as well, and now she's getting the tiniest bit jealous and concerned for a relationship, blah, 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 while her friend is captured. And it's kind of annoying. It's kind of that overemphasis on melodrama that is the problem with this season in general. Is the biggest problem with this season in general. But... Even so, it is relatively minor. Like, most of it is just a shot on Asami looking concerned here and there, and then one scene where she's interrogating Bolin about Mako's feelings for Korra. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all there is to it. So yeah, not like uh, that subplot in episode 4, not like episode 5, not on that level by any means, but it's still present enough for it to be kind of annoying. Other than that, this episode is brilliant, and then we get this amazing, amazing ending where Korda's unconscious and Naga finds her because that's why she was missing. Throughout the entire thing, they were talking about how Naga was missing. She went missing because she was trying to find Korra. And she found her. 
Naga picks up Korra and just carries her all the way back to Republic City. And then everyone else finds her and it's a nice little reunion and it's really, really good. This is a really great episode. I, I love... I love this so much. Like, it's such a big turning point, especially for Tarlock. Ugh! Everything is so good here. Literally every single thing. Uh, so we only got three more episodes left in this season. And if I remember correctly, that's just one three-part arc. So, yeah. Race to the finish for season one. Get ready for that. Get ready for that next week. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there, or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, on Monday, we will be discussing The Legend of Korra Season 1, Episode 10. Talk to you then.